Mustafa and Ken here. Welcome back to the Alert Medic One podcast. Alert Medic One response. Yes. So, Ken, why do you hate volunteers? <laughs> I don't. I started off as a volunteer. I'm still a member of a volunteer fire company, which probably get me kicked out of the IFF. Um, I was actually a very active volunteer for a long time. Um, I was uh, an officer in the volunteer fire department for a long time. I was a assistant chief of EMS for like five or six years up there. Mm -hmm. Um, Very active volunteer. I don't hate volunteers. Mm -hmm. Um, It provides a very valuable service to many, many communities. Yeah. Um, But this is, this is a thought that I've had for a long time Mm -hmm. uh, that I've been afraid to express um, because I think people will hate me and I don't like people to hate me. Sure. Um, And I'm not an economist. I've read a few books, which does not make me an expert. Mm-hmm. But it did get the wheels turning. And I mean, the reality, I think, is if people are willing to provide labor for free, mm-hmm. that drives down wages. It decreases competition. Um, particularly, you know, I, I brought up in one of the previous episodes, one of the places where the pay for EMS is the weakest is in the Midwest, I believe, Um and I imagine you have a lot of small rural communities. You probably have a very high concentration of volunteers. Mm-hmm. Um, am I going to say this next part? Yeah, say it. It's fine. All right. I'm going to say it. I'm, and I'm so sorry to anybody this may offend. I don't think less of volunteers. But there are some people in some places who – when you don't do this full time or you don't do it a lot, uh, if you're not a very active volunteer, there are a lot of clinical skills and thought processes. You don't use a whole lot. And I worry about proficiency and, you know, in some, in some cases. And I think like where we live here um, in this County, it's busy enough that, you can maintain a lot of those skills and stuff. But there are also places around this country and around the world where, you know, if you're running and this isn't directed at anybody and I Mm -hmm. hope I'm not offending anybody, but um, if you're not really active or you don't have a history of being very active, you know, you used to work, for a county mm-hmm. where you're on a chase truck mm-hmm. and you were dealing with high acuity stuff very frequently. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. It's another thing when you go to school and then you run 20 calls a year mm-hmm. and that's all you do mm-hmm. and you don't have any kind of foundation. Sure. And then you don't have any way to maintain your knowledge, skills, and abilities, mm-hmm. that's concerning to me. Sure. Why don't we staff hospitals with volunteer nurses and doctors? Mm-hmm. 
you know is that a, are you asking me it's a rhetorical question sure 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 yeah but i think it's a it's a legitimate question sure yeah so um, okay Sorry. no i was just gonna say like you know there are volunteer clinics where mm-hmm. nurses and doctors volunteer their time that sure. is true But you're not going to go to the emergency room for your MI or your stroke or your gunshot wound Mm -hmm. and hope that the nurses and doctors, one, decided to show up that day, Mm -hmm. two, hope that they have any level of education or experience, Mm -hmm. and three, hope that they don't just decide to leave. Yeah. You know? So there's a lot to unpack there. There is. There uh, is. And again, I, I want to say again, I yeah. don't hate volunteers. Um, sure. But if if you want to know my concerns about the volunteer system, there, mm-hmm. they, are, there they are. So um, I, I got a couple themes out of that, and I, I want to deconstruct them individually. So the well, starting with the former – or no, the latter – you don't you don't get volunteer doctors what right so or in a hospital um the other thing was lack of skill utilization mm-hmm. right um and uh, what was the first thing you said i can't remember the pay the pay the, okay, the yeah. economics of it so full disclosure i also know nothing of economics um what do i want to address first so I I think that n- lack of individual compensation does not necessarily equate to lack of compensation. So for example, uh, and I I I think I don't think that we can paint volunteerism with that broad of a brush because even within the state that we're in the it, there's different models of volunteer compensation, right? So where I initially started to volunteer, we did a study and it, it I forgot, uh, I don't remember, to staff one ambulance, it was like one point some million dollars for a career ambulance versus not nearly as much for a volunteer ambulance. So I think you're onto something there. That being said, I think there are, I think communities are so diverse that you have to do the best with what you can in a country as diverse as the United States, right? So I don't think the solution is to... I think from an economic standpoint, I see where you're coming from. But I don't think the solution is to... And I don't think you're saying this either, for the record. But I don't think dissolving volunteer EMS is a solution. I think collaboration with volunteerism and having them be one component of... Uh, a public safety response is the way to go. I think that the, I think volunteer EMS plays potentially, and I'm not saying this is executed well, potentially plays a crucial role in pride for a community and like also opportunity for work in an otherwise, or, or job training in an otherwise, uh, pretty harsh environment where these days I feel like there's, I think we're shifting away from like college for everyone. But I feel like at least when I went to school, it was a, if you don't go to college, you're not going to get anywhere in life where, um, at least where we were from the training for the basic level is free. If you go through the volunteer route. 
and also there's a benefit to the local um, community. So coming down to the skills part. Can I can I just jump on just let me finish this okay. one thought. So uh, the the point that I'm getting at is the skills part, the skills uh, the lack of utilization. I think it's incumbent on the system. If you have a system where volunteers are incorporated into the larger public safety network, the system has the responsibility to ensure that every single paramedic within their uh, system, it, it, not just paramedic, EMT, is competent, right? Because that's what you're getting at, really, right? Skills competence. Yeah. Um, they need to ensure that even the person that runs one call a shift has the – they have standards – that require them to pass, uh, you know, a certain skills competency. And I feel like many places do. Now the execution of that is variable, as I think both of us would agree, right? Um, so I think that's where the conversation goes with that. In terms of an econ- economic, uh, um, the, res- the resulting economic strain, um, I-, I don't know enough to make a comment on that. And then after you say your thing, I want to get to the free doctors thing. Okay. So, I mean, what number one, what I want to say is I am absolutely not advocating for the abolishment of the volunteer yeah. system. And I want to be very clear on that. Um, the question was, in my mind, theoretical, what could you do to raise wages for EMS? Yeah. And that's where I'm coming from with that. Because, and I, I mean, when you get down to it, it's a question of competition. If I live, let's say I live in a state. In that state, there are three EMS agencies. There's County A, there's mm-hmm. County B, and there's private company C. So these are my three EMS agencies. County A and County B are both volunteer. So private agency C says, you're an EMT, I can pay $12 an hour. You're a paramedic, I can pay you 18 Well, County A decides, you know what? Our system's overburdened. We need to start hiring paramedics or EMTs. So we're going to offer you $20 an hour to be an EMT and $30 an hour to be a paramedic. Now, everybody who works at private ambulance company C, screw this place. Mm -hmm. We're going over to fire department A. So private ambulance C says... Well, now we don't have anybody to work here. We can't afford to pay as much as the county does, but let's raise our wages so that, you know, we can attract people coming out of school who maybe don't have the experience to get hired by the fire department yet. Sure. We still have volunteers in County B. Well, County B says, you know, we're getting a little overburdened too. So we're going to offer $20 an hour for EMTs and $30 for paramedics, but we're also going to offer a nice vacation package too. Mm -hmm. So now people leave County A to go to County B, and um, County A says, all right, let's put a $2 an hour raise in for everybody. And, and, you know, this is how competition works. And it's not an endless cycle, but at some some point that situation is going to stabilize where the benefits at one and the pay in the other are going to kind of even out to some degree – um, and private company C is never going to pay as much or offer the same benefits as the counties do, but those situ- those uh, conditions are going to improve somewhat as well. 
Um, particularly if we get private company D in the mix, you know, and then they have some direct competition. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's kind of where I'm coming from with that. Um, as far as the skills stuff goes, I do completely agree with you. It's incumbent on the jurisdiction to make sure that people are proficient and, um, to a large degree and probably even more important in those situations, the educational establishments that Mm -hmm. are training EMTs and paramedics, because my concern And I'm going to be completely honest about this. When I came out of school, I knew on paper what a COPD or a CHF exacerbation looked like. Mm -hmm. But had I not seen it in clinical, I would not have known what it really was. And had I not experienced it at work multiple times, I wouldn't have known as comfortably as I do now. You know, like there's there's a level of comfort and experience that came from me being a very active volunteer that came from me working in a jurisdiction um, that I now fall back on because I don't have as much direct clinical experience or uh, activity as I used to in my new position. Mm -hmm. Um, But because I have a solid, you know, decade of dealing with that kind of stuff, I can reach back and, and feel that my concern and my empathy is for the paramedic who comes out of school and they're working or volunteering in a jurisdiction. And this can apply to a career department as well. Mm-hmm. If you work for a county that sees a thousand calls a year, mm-hmm. how do you build that level of, and I'm, again, I'm not saying I'm better than anybody or mm-hmm. anything, but I'm just, I, it's a genuine question. How do you build that level of comfort and expertise? Mm-hmm. You know, um, to recognize those situations, sure. to say this is a CHF or versus a COPD or, or um, you know, whatever. And I think education is a, an important part of that. And then collaboration with other people in the healthcare field. Yeah. Right? Um, going back to what you were saying about County A, B, and C, what if, what if volunteer organizations asked for this, like similar demands that career departments did, but then benefited their uh, volunteers in a different way? So, for example, um, you obviously they're a volunteer. You're not going to compensate them, right? That kind of defeats the purpose of. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what if you said uh, that you know? I think is length of service is LOSAP a national thing? Like length of I service have no awards. Idea. Oh, so I guess we can briefly describe what LOSAP is. So basically, um, and I, honestly, I didn't know how similar this was to like the National Guard system. But uh, basically, in a year. Um, and, and if it's different for, for, from my volunteer uh, places I've been at, you need 50 LOSAP points, length of service award points. I'm not sure. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But basically everything you do in the volunteer fire service gets you a, a certain amount of points. So like where I used to work, uh, volunteer or still volunteer, you get like a quarter point, I think, or a half a point for a call. Like if you go to a meeting, you get a point, but basically the goal is for every member to get 50 LOSAP points a year. And if you get 50 low stop points, there's like an award system. You get like a tax break, blah, blah. Um, the birds just went crazy. Outside. Oh, I was like, what is that? Um, so what if we tie that to other benefits? So for example, you get 100 low stop points, you get 10,000 off your student loan payment, right? And that is direct from the county. To mm-hmm. you. And what if like the volunteer systems... Not individual departments, but they, you know, say we have, I mean, because we have volunteer associations. What if they went to their governing body, their political party, or not party, excuse me, political, the go- the structure of governance, 
and said, hey, we are providing this service to you. you we provide a, a, we can provide a stat, and on the back end, this has to be fulfilled, but we say we will provide a staffed ambulance for 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It costs you $300,000 to fund us uh, a year instead of $1.5 million, right? We're going to now demand 800000 and these are just numbers I put mm. on my ass. Uh, we're going to now demand $800,000 a year for the same thing. We're still providing you a service, a better cost service than the uh, career service, but we are... Um, uh, uh, you know, we're going to provide a cheaper service. Yes, I see where that still cuts into the the, the free market thing, right? Because then you're still diluting, uh, um, not diluting, but you're bringing the average wage down, right? However, you then create an environment where uh, those volunteers are then appropriately uh, compensated, but at the same time. I hate the word compensation for volunteers, but you get you get where I'm coming from. But then we can require those standards to be the same. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's a pathway to introduce competition in a different way where eventually the volunteer department is asking for the same thing as the career department and we're moving things forward and, and, and we're still lifting wages. I think that's where your education conversation comes into play because if we do increase standards, then by nature of competition, the market will have to adjust or the or demand will go up and supply will continue to go down. Correct. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I think I mean I think those are interesting ideas. Um you know, I think part of what that does is it motivates people to both be career and volunteer. So they're going to say I'm going to join the volunteer department to get my student loan cut down or the other thing that might happen is that they join the volunteer department until they fulfill the requirements to get that student loan payment. And then once that's done, they leave for the career department where they're, they're going to get it paid. Sure. You know, um, and out to a point I'm okay with that. Yeah, I am. Cause then you still get a few good years out of them. Yeah. And I guess the one thing I didn't cover is if you have 25 years of good service, then you do get a lifetime benefit. That is true. So I think that lifetime benefit needs to be better too. I agree. Um, I just, I don't, I don't have a problem with any of those ideas. Mm-hmm. I just don't know that that directly creates a competition that's going to increase wages. Sure. Um, sure. I think that that may increase. I think that may motivate the career departments to do things like, um, you know, pay for all or part of somebody's college education mm-hmm. or like tuition, oh, yeah, or tu- tuition yeah. reimbursement. That's what the word I was looking for. Um, or it may motivate them to offer to pay down part of student loans. It may offer, it may entice them to do things like offer um, money towards closing cal- closing costs of a house in the first due area or something mm-hmm. like that. Oh, um, nice. yeah. But I don't know that that is enough for another jurisdiction to say, you know what, we're going to raise wages by 10 grand or mm. by 3% or, sure. you know, whatever. Whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think they're all great ideas. And yeah. I think volunteers deserve those benefits 100%. I think it's a valuable service for the community. Yeah. Because um, what I, who I'm concerned about are the people that are in volunteer-only jurisdictions mm-hmm. that – because there's growing pains, right? Like a, a career department isn't created overnight. Right. Um, and I, those, and I know you agree with me on this. The, the people that are in the, the first due of volunteer jurisdictions deserve the same care that a career department does. Yes. And I don't, there has to be a way of 
empowering the vo- the volunteer system to uh, you know create solutions that are specific and oriented to their specific communities mm-hmm. to get the people to serve under because I I mean let's be real like I hate the fact that volunteerism is dying like mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I I will always say this like the uh, like I don't know if I said it on air but the volunteer fire department saved my life right mm-hmm. I mean, we, yeah you know, like uh, I owe everything that I do now professionally even this podcast started uh when i submitted an application and joined the fire department january of 2014 right so um i wish that there was ways that we could bring both the career service and and i think there are solutions that bring both the career service and the volunteer service up together i think the the solution is um well i think maybe one solution is volunteer is a volunteer departments functioning within career departments Mm. you know what i mean so like uh, they're like a volunteer department a is within the construct of a great the the county or whatever fire department and they function just like another firehouse right, right. so like house house one has a station captain and they're all career and then the the house two is a volunteer only department that has a uh the highest elected position whatever is a is a uh is a captain, mm-hmm. right? And then they function within that system and they are all both required to have the same requirements, career and volunteer. Um, and then the benefit or the compensation package is different. Right. So like one gets paid to do that and then the other one gets like we whatever. I, I, I don't know what the solution is. I, I, know, yeah. I know we're just kind of throwing things out here, but uh, yeah. How did we even get to this topic initially? I don't know. Um, well, we were talking about raising wages. Oh, and, yeah. 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 Okay. Um, but let me ask you this. Uh, is an election the best way to choose a volunteer officer? So now you're going to get our volunteer listeners to hate me too. <laughs> mm. uh, so that's a no. Yeah, man. That's a no. Uh I don't. I mean, I think the standards help. The standards. Definitely I think if help. we had standards, like a, a chief fire officer, and I don't know anything fire. Right? I'm a fire one. I don't know anything. But let's just do EMS for example. So an EMS officer has to have so many years of experience, and then le- like mandatory leadership training, and I don't know whatever the metrics are that mm-hmm. a good a collective body decides on for the fire department. And I think we should have similar standards uh, for career and and. Uh, volunteer the problem is creating the incentive structure so that the volunteer people are going to be incentivized to go get the training Mm -hmm. that the their career counterparts get and making it truly the same value right and not making it so that only career people who also volunteer make it uh, make it up to those positions because i really do think that there is value in the engineer that works 40 hours a week as an engineer, but then that also like volunteers. Right. Maybe not as a paramedic, just because I feel like there's no way to have the clinical note. Maybe there is, I don't know. But like, maybe if you're a crazy dedicated volunteer that volunteers for 40 hours a week and works 40 hours a week. But I just think that's unhealthy because how are you going to get home and take care of your family and whatever? I do think there's value in that, but yeah, I don't think that, again, I, I don't know what I don't know, but I have seen the election process go wrong. I have to, but, you know, the other issue is what's the better option? Because I really don't have an answer for that either. And now I'm I'm falling into the fallacy of, you know, create 
creating problems and asking questions without answers. Um, because even if you want to say it should be done like a career department and there should be a, a test and an interview or whatever, who administers that in the volunteer service? You know, do the other volunteer chiefs of the county do it or does a mutual aid oh, department you know what I, do it? An interesting thing. Okay. So I think that's where it has to be a collaboration between the career department and the volunteer department. If you're within that, then it can be a mix of the two. The one thing that honestly I – I, 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 this kind of coming out from left field, but you know what I really thought was interesting? What's that? When I interviewed for a department, uh, I think it might have been your department, there were citizens on the board, on the mm-hmm. interview panel. Yeah. I think that's super important. Mm-hmm. I think if you want to be the, if you want to be the fire chief of City X, mm-hmm. in that interview panel needs to be citizens that have no connection to the fire service. Like, I think it should be other people too, but one of the interview panels should be purely citizens, you know, owner of general store A Mm -hmm. that has to deal with you only once a year when you get a fire inspection, right? They should be there, right? Yeah. Um, I think that's, uh, I don't know why I, why that, but I really like, that was the only interview I've ever been in where I had citizens there. Yeah. Uh, I think that's super important. Um, I think if you have a model where you are within the, 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 the government, the government body, right? A volunteer aspect of the government of the government governing body. I think you can then have a collaboration between volunteer and career where you have a fair. And maybe election is a part of the process, right? You know, maybe, maybe winning and maybe it's a point system. I'm completely talking out of left. I'm literally shooting from the hip. So, okay. But like, maybe you have a process where it's a point system, but one of the, categories is an election that's fair right but it's only it's only weighted a certain amount and all your test is one category the election is another category your physical uh maybe i don't know physical fitness maybe right Mm -hmm. should be a thing uh maybe your clinical uh your like mega codes or whatever is another Mm -hmm. thing maybe you create a maybe that's part of maybe that's the process and the the multi-jurisdictional or or your diverse hiring board or your uh, hmm, appointment board that is made up of volunteer EMS or volunteer people, career people, government government people, and then citizens look at all those scores and they're blinded to the actual people. They only see scores, can choose a, a pool of candidates, and then they interview those candidates. And then there you go. I really like that. That's pretty cool. I, I just really came like up, that. I just came up with that. You should, uh, so I've thought about this before. We'll have to talk about it. I always thought a good retirement job would be to have like an EMS, uh, like, uh, consulting firm, yeah. you know? That's a like good that's idea. that's kind of thing. Just, yeah. Um, work's calling me. Um, we can pause this. Uh, do you mind? Yeah, I don't care. That's weird. What, uh, work would be calling me. Wait, let me just mute this. And we're back. And we're back. Sorry. After the emergent phone call from work. What were we talking about? Uh, we were talking about uh, the point system and the uh, oh, EMS the consulting. consulting yeah. Firm. Yeah. Talk about imposter syndrome. I'd be like, hey, I'm just a guy. I don't know anything. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, but see, that's the thing. People don't know that. Mm-hmm. You start the EMS consulting firm. Well, we just and, said and, it. And they, well, 
We'll have to brand it under a different company name. No, nobody listens to this. Yeah, you know, exactly. Just kidding. Yeah. Some people do. I'm actually surprised at how many people listen to this. Uh, it's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I think we hit like a critical threshold where like, because I look at even like, like I mean, obviously we haven't been the best about publishing stuff and uh, we still we still get a decent listenership. It's good. It's honestly, I think it's the people that we invite yeah. to. Like, I think it's good to have us just have conversations, but then also that our top episodes are a mix of good, like, subject matter experts, but also, like, Renal Physiology 1 has been doing very well. Yeah, you were telling me about that. Yeah. I think that boutique thing is good. good. Like, just having random conversations. Um, EMS Consulting. Yeah. We'll have to get a cool name for it. Alert Medic 1. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that can be the parent company and we have a different. Yeah. That would be kind of cool. That's another thing. You know what? Uh, Manny, the guy who did the renal physiology, the medical student, mm-hmm. he, I want to have him back on because uh, he does a lot of like cool entrepreneurial stuff. Okay. Um, and he wanted to, he actually wanted to talk about that. He's like, I, I he, he was saying, and I don't want to speak for him, but the gist of what I got was that he wanted more people that are frontline EMS to have input on stuff like business ideas you know uh equipment mm-hmm. procedures for for the private sector because he feel and again i don't want to speak for him but from what i got he said there needs to be more input from people that actually know what the problems are mm-hmm. so that and that way they can be a part of the solution and can benefit from the solution because that would be kind of interesting yeah that would be i don't know what that means but maybe we can have him on the show. We'll find out. Yeah, when we interview him. Yeah, I, we got him back. I think yeah, I got to I've been meaning to get him back on the get him back on the show. Because um, that is something. I mean, I think uh, another topic is like EMS research, right? The people mm-hmm. that know the real problems, at least to a point, are the frontline people that see the problems, but don't even realize that it's a problem. Maybe right. or maybe they do realize it's a problem, but they don't know how to approach the research right thing. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know if you guys have a research group at work. Not to my knowledge. But. Maybe I'm we'll sure. start one. Well, maybe you see trends, right? Yeah. I mean, we have QA. We have a really good QA department. Um, sure. And and they, they do a lot of trending and stuff like that. But like, does that translate Cap, to? If, if you're hearing me, I'm speaking your praises. I know you listen. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. You have a quality assurance captain? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's cool. That that's like, do they are they in the field? Nope. That's that's good. I think. I mean, yeah. I'm uh, well, well, yeah. I think that as long as they have a good field background, yeah. That's interesting. I don't. Not every place has that. Mm-hmm. And they do. They do really good work. They yeah. Could, they could maybe use, we can have them on the show. They could use a few, few more people. She probably would. Really? Yeah. I'll we ask do her. That. Yeah. We don't have to talk about the specific department, but it's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll he says that she like she would mm-hmm. I bet she would have a bunch of insight on stuff. I'm sure she would. Yeah. She's in, she's involved in a lot of really cool stuff besides just, you know, reviewing reports. Like mm-hmm. they they do a lot of data gathering. They work very closely with our medical directors to mm-hmm. to identify trends and problems and look for uh things and she's involved in a lot of ancillary groups. Um so, yeah. That would be interesting. That'd be a good conversation to have. Yeah. I think there needs to be more EMS provider centric EMS research. Yeah. Cause like, I mean the, the couple of publications that I've been part of, like it was really neat to see the perspective of like various physicians and stuff like that. But, um, 
Uh, well, everybody always wants to know what doctors think about EMS, yeah. but nobody ever asks EMTs and paramedics what we think yeah. about EMS. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. That's I, what, I guess that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, even on the show, right? Like, we get content experts, but I think there's also value in just getting a person off the street, which we have. Right. We you have. know, just get people off the street. We're doing it right now, you and I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, people, like, like outside of the team, right? Yeah. Getting people, uh, like, we had, um, what's his face on? We should get Hipley. You know yeah, I've been trying to get. Yeah, of course I. Know. Yeah, I've been trying to get him on the show. Well, at least I feel like we talked to him about it. I don't know. I'm gonna tell him he has to come on. Yeah, no, that's absolutely. And I think, but that's that's the people doing the real work. Yeah. Like I'm not in the field when mm-hmm. he calls every day. You, you know, know what? I an interview I really want to do. Yeah, I really wanted someone I really want to sit down with, an EMT, because even sure. when we get people from the field, even when we talk, we're we're approaching it. From the paramedic level. Sure. I want to know what an EMT thinks. So that Omaha guy, the rescue tech, uh-huh. he's a uh, he's an EMT firefighter. That's part of the reason I want to get him on the show because he's an EMT. But no, especially a, a local EMT. Yeah. Like, uh, are there – do you have solo EMTs Sure. where you work? Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, think of a good one that you want on. Okay. I think that would be good. I think the more perspective we get, the better. I, I don't think I don't think additional viewpoints ever hurt anything. I would like a volunteer EMT. Honestly, I'm going back like to a the true volunteer. volunteer. Like a true volunteer yeah. EMT. What What does that look like? Do you think? Like, what What do you do? They work full time somewhere else. Yeah, and then like they're well around us. Maybe they're in the defense industry, and they maybe. do like maybe they're and a software engineer, and then they. Maybe, I know a couple. Maybe, you know maybe what? Maybe they're a waitress. Yeah, a bartender. Sure. Yeah, a school maybe, teacher, a student. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, which yeah, you know what? That'd be interesting. Just a thought. I would I would also like to – I don't know. I mean, depending on who listens to this. Uh, I mean – Depending on if we have any listeners left after this episode. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, especially after this series. But I feel like people should email us if they want to be on the show. Admin, yeah. Yeah, admin at com. We don't guarantee you'll make it on the show. But I think that would be cool. Absolutely. Because – that's one of the benefits of the training program. I mean, not, it's not a training program. It's an education program that we were told that, that the Naval Postgraduate School, you get feedback from a bunch of different folks from different parts of the country, you know, that like you, perspectives that you don't even, you wouldn't even consider. And you think that a city is a city is a city or, uh, or you know, a rural EMS is rural EMS. And it's not. I mean, we have common experiences, but it's very different across the board. Yeah. I don't know. What else do you want to talk about? I don't know. This has been a good conversation. This, this has been three good conversations, really. Yeah, I know. Um, we've gone from all kinds of topics. I don't know what I'm going to title this. I'm just going to do various EMS topics with Ken Sanner. That's fine. Yeah, I think that's good. I think that's good. We've yeah. been all over the place. Yeah. Why does Ken hate volunteers? Yeah, I don't know. Can't stand it's Ken. terrible. Terrible. He's a jerk. Huh. <laughs> I feel like there was other stuff we wanted to talk about. I don't know. I'm pretty. I'm. I'm pretty happy with what we've done. This is done. good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have three episodes. We. It's one. It's two o'clock. Yeah. We got started at, at eleven. 11. <laughs> yeah. And we got two, three good episodes. Yeah. Not short episodes either. No. And now we're gonna do a spectral phenomenon. I like it. Which, if you're in EMS, it's not about EMS. We it's can Google not. it. It's like a yeah. You guys should just go listen to it. Yeah. Go check it out. Completely different conversation. Building a website for that too. 
Are you really? Yeah, I found a guy. A, a guy posted on the Balt- Baltimore subreddit that he's a uh, um, what like a website developer. He's trying to build his portfolio, and I'll build your website for free. So I said, "Screw it, I'm going to email this guy." Yeah, yeah, and I did. And he's uh, legit. Yeah, he's legit. Yeah, they're cool. they're building me a website for free. All I had to do was give him my website. Oh, like your domain name or whatever? Made it, well, I made a new one. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. But still. Nice. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, you want to finish this out? All right. Thank you, everybody, <laughs> was, for listening. loud. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Alert Medic 1. I almost said the name of the other podcast <laughs> by accident. Um, please check us out on Facebook, on Twitter, Anywhere you can find us, we're there. And stand by for another amazing episode coming up soon. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you soon. You've been listening to the Alert Medic One podcast, the premier emergency medical services podcast with your hosts, Mustafa Sadiq and Ken Sanner. 